Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Scale, our new series on the do's and don'ts for rapidly scaling startups. Today, we're joined by Tara Bryant, the SVP of sales at Pipedrive. Tara spent over two decades building successful, high-growth sales teams. Tara is particularly passionate about fast-paced scaling in the enterprise, which makes her a perfect fit for her current role at a company like Pipedrive. But as much as Tara loves high-growth companies, she's the first to recognize that growth often brings a whole set of problems. She joined the podcast to talk about why a growth-at-all-cost mindset is dangerous and how to scale your sales team sustainably. If you want to hear more episodes from our Scale series, you'll find them all on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. So let's jump right into conversation with Tara. Tara, welcome to Inside Intercom. Thank you. Congrats on the move to Pipedrive as their (laughs) SVP of Global Sales. Thank you. To help set the scene for our listeners, could you just give us a brief overview of your career to date and what brought you to Pipedrive? Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually from Northern California, so I started my career here, worked for Hewlett Packard for almost 10 years, and then I moved to what I thought was this really small company called WebEx. They had about 3,500 employees. They had just floated and, and went IPO. And I thought, man, this is great. I can get so much done. You know, people are actually respond to your voicemail, your email within the same day. It was great. And so I swear I would never go back to what I would call a legacy company again. Um, And then after that, it was just startup and startup. And I just got that startup bug and working with founders who are brilliant and create something that they're not maybe always sure how to scale and and how to sell it. um, That's what motivates me. I absolutely love being able to have them, you know, they created something and I'm like, don't worry, I can sell it. Um, And so that's pretty much what I've done for, for my career. What brought me to Pipedrive? I had a great job. I was really happy where I was. I had a great, great leader, great team. Um, but this recruiter had reached out to me and all I saw was pipe drive. And I was like, I love pipe drive, you know, being in sales for 25 plus years. Um, I've used a lot of CRM tools and I've done some consulting as well. Like I would meet people and take on consulting jobs here and there, even when I was working full time. I would always recommend Pipedrive. That was the absolute best CRM tool that salespeople will actually use. So a lot of great, you know, CRM tools are out there, but salespeople don't want to actually, you know, use them. So when you have a sales force that doesn't want to use a sales tool, that becomes a problem. And so I really just responded because I was like, oh, I wonder what Pipedrive's up to. And then it just went from there. You know, you meet the founder and you and you meet, you know, the, the folks that are ahead of our technology and we just hired a new product officer and they're just amazing. So honored to be part of that team. That's fantastic. I think there's something so brilliant about joining a company that you can so earnestly recommend. Yeah. So today I'd love to talk to you specifically about growth, Mm -hmm. the dark side of it, which is (laughs) something you talked about earlier today as well. But so often we talk about the positive sides of growth, more leads, more customers, more revenue. But what are people overlooking about hyper growth? Yeah. So one of the things that people overlook at is how are we going to service this growth, right? So sometimes you can get so much growth on the front end, but how are we going to service them on the back end? I think that that can be a, a big problem because if you can get a lot of people through the door, but you can't hold them, then, you know, what are you going to do? The second biggest thing that I think is, is, is hiring. I mean, it's your, it's your biggest investment that you're going to make when you have a company and you have to make sure you hire well. So, you know, you got to hire your core team, you know, your executive staff has just got to be lock and step. They've got to be diverse in the sense of their backgrounds and even the way that they look at things, because you want some challenge up there, but you really want to make sure it stays true to your culture. And that's what Pipedrive does a great job about. You know, they've got a 
a great culture. They've got great company values and they really stick to them. I mean, we've got, you know, close to 500 employees now and it's staying true to that culture. So as you're growing, there's always these pivot points. And I was just recently talking about, you know, you've got that three or maybe four to 500. It's always an inflectuation part that really starts impacting the culture. You've got people who were there from the beginning and maybe they're a little more resistant to change. You've got people who are coming and you think they know everything and I irritate. So there can just be some, you know, some conflicts there. And if not channeled correctly, and if not, you know, really making sure that you're able to look at that diverse as actually a positive thing, that can definitely be another ugly side of growth. And I think just making sure you keep your product updated, right? Some people can be like, well, this product was great. So we're just going to keep selling it. And they're not maybe as in- inventive as they were in the beginning. Um, I think that can slow you down as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Pipedrive really is at that next inflection point of growth. You recently raised a Series C. You mentioned you have over 80,000 customers. So coming in as an SVP of global sales, what were your top growth priorities, knowing that there are so many challenges that come with scaling at 500 people? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the number one thing for me was coming and build the right framework. You know, it's like building a house. You know, if, if you have a solid foundation, then nothing's going to move. Things are going to settle really nicely and you can still change the color of the walls and, and the, and the couches and some of the things on the inside to, to, to freshen it up. But if you don't have a solid foundation, then, you know, it's, it's never going to last. So coming in and building both on the customer success side and the sell side is really building a good foundation that you can scale. So that's the other piece of it, right? Is when you're looking at building a framework, you got to make sure it's going to scale. Cause you know, we're, like you said, we're just, just raising more money. We're about to really take this off. We've got a new head of chief of our product officer and who's just amazing and very inventive and just blows my socks off every time I get to talk with him. But he is just an executor, you know? So he'll, he will think of something and the next week it's on the roadmap and it's being executed. It'll be done in two months. I was like, wow, I've never seen this. So, so you know, those types of things are going to be really important to come in and build. And then to build relationships with those people mm-hmm. is understanding like you're, if you're going to be part of this core foundation of the company, then you've got to make sure that you're really aligned and that you guys are all aware of what you you guys as, you know, individual targets, but then more together, what's that one thing that we're all trying to get to and focusing on that? You know, are you doing something every single day to get to where you guys want to be? And so I think when you are scaling, you've got that temptation. You've sort of talked about the need for alignment, but there's a temptation often just to keep doing more. So like hiring more salespeople, (laughs) adding more tools. And so what is your approach to figuring out like, when do you add more salespeople? When do you add more tools? Yeah, it's actually, it's funny you asked me that. So when I started, uh, when I started, they had big growth plans as far as headcount. And, but maybe a little bit looser on processes and, you know, cadences and things like that, like that framework I was Mm -hmm. talking about. And so, you know, coming in in Q4 in a company is always a bit of a challenge because obviously you're ending the year and and the quarter, but you're also trying to plan for the next year and you don't really know enough information. So one of the things that I definitely took a, just took a step back and said, this is a really aggressive hiring plan for 2019. We're not going to hire anybody. We've got a great staff right now. And I think a lot of salespeople actually make this mistake where they look at the plan and they're like, okay, I've got to get to X. So I'm just going to hire more people. And there's, ha- you know, that, that's how you make your quota. And I actually don't believe that. I, I actually will always try to hold back on the hiring plans because unless you've really got the processes in place, I'm a big process and data person. So unless you've got the process in place and you've got a really good framework, you need to really 
optimize what we have. We've got a great sales force. I mean, these people love our customers. They really want to make sure that they understand the tool. And so I think we've got just things that we can fix first before we look at really scaling it. And so that's that's the number one thing that we've done. So I, again, we had aggressive headcount to see the growth. And we put together a plan where we can actually see maybe even a little bit more growth with the same people. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's what we did. Look, if, if in H2, it, it looks like, hey, if we put if we put some gas on this, if we did hire more people, then we can do it. And I'm fine to do that. But we have to make sure that we've got this at least dialed down. You know, I mean, it's a journey. All of these companies, we're all on a journey. It's not necessarily like one destination. So as we're going, we're always going to fine tune these processes. But again, making sure we're optimizing what we have and we're just not there yet. So I don't really want to grow headcount yet. That's so interesting. Yeah. What are those a couple examples of those things that you're fine tuning right now. Yeah, so I would say one thing is we have a lot of people or a lot of people that will will try our our software, right? So we have like a trial where we talk to them, we want to train with them. So what they didn't have is every rep had their own way of handling that 14-day trial and how they were reaching out to people, what they were talking about, and each of them had great parts of it that were amazing. So what I did is I actually I met with every single salesperson. And this is a common practice I do. I'll go and I meet with every single salesperson. I had them bring me their resume. They got hired on with pipe drives. So I have to go do another one because we all hate that. And I learn about them. Like, And then I ask them, what do you love about your job and what do you not like about your job? And so when I'm building the framework, I make sure that I'm including these things. And what happens when you do that is you start seeing patterns, right? You start seeing patterns they love, maybe some things that, that are maybe bigger opportunities. And so really being able to, to understand that piece of it and then utilizing some of their talents that you learn about them and growing those as well, I think is really important. One of the things that I'm very curious about when you've reached the stage of growth you're at is how do you balance this pursuit of new customer acquisition with expansion revenue? So I think a lot of companies, they struggle with investing in their current customers versus just trying to ramp up new logo acquisition. How are you thinking about that? So that is always a big question that people have. I would say the number one thing is don't have the same reps going after net new sales and expansion. It doesn't work. The reason why it doesn't work is it's much easier to grow an existing customer than it is to go convince somebody to move or to start using a new tool, right? And so what'll happen is just subconsciously, people are gonna gravitate more towards the customer base and work on that versus net new. So the number one thing I would say is don't ever have them be the same person or the same team. And I actually think it's a different DNA that I think people are either, you know, hunters or or farmers. So I do think it's really important as you start to grow that you have to look at your install base and you have to make sure that are we service them correctly, not only just to upsell them, of course we want more revenue, but really just to make sure like, are they happy? You know, do they they feel like they're starting to outgrow or, you know, what's been so great about Pipedrive was we started with a very small base, you know, people who were SMB, really small customers. But as we've been around for such a long time now, our customers are now, you know, four or five, six, seven hundred seats. And so it's exciting because we've been able to grow with them. And so now we look at like, wow, we're servicing these really kind of big, uh, I would call them mid-price, mid-price customers now. And so, you know, do we start focusing on that a little bit? Do we start looking at that? And And if we weren't servicing our base so well, we wouldn't know that. Right. So I do think it's important to to manage both of them, but to look at them both very separately. Yeah. And you touched on that really interesting idea of moving up market. I think it's a temptation for a lot of startups <laughs> where suddenly they see a big company come in and they're like, wow, that could be a really fast way to join this rocket ship. Yeah. But sometimes it's a band-aid if they aren't, as you said, really servicing their current customer base. Mm-hmm. When you're thinking about moving up market, what are the crucial inputs that 
you are thinking through before you say like, yes, we're going to go for enterprise? Yeah, it's a great question. So I think what it is, is we're looking at saying, first of all, do we have the right tool for them? Right. So you never want to sell something that's not the right tool for people. So I would say, could our tool support an enterprise customer? Yes, it could. That's just not the segment that we've ever been really interested in. And so as our customers have grown and we're seeing their needs that they had and we would start customizing stuff for them, now we've got a package where we can start servicing, you know, these eight, nine hundred employee customers. So that's fine. We still don't have a team that's actually just focused on that. They just come in pretty organically. But I think it is a market that we need to look at. I think you do have to start going up market a little bit. Like you said, a lot of companies want to do it and you do have to do it, but you want to make sure you have the right tool first, right? You don't want to go out there, sell a big customer. The worst thing you can't do is service them or it's not the right tool. I think Pipedrive, to stay true to their values of how they started this was it was for salespeople, right? It was for salespeople to sell more and to be able to be intuitive and to help them really like the tool helps you sell. And so that's why we say it's kind of cool to see these small companies that sort of maybe two or three seats, you know, five years ago, they've got, you know, hundreds now. And that's because we like to think it's because we help them sell more, right? And so it's just making sure you stay true to the product and then making sure that you can really service the customers and that the product will benefit them for sure. I think that's a really powerful philosophy. The idea that if you're doing your job well, inevitably your customers will also be moving up market with you. That's right. So uh, switching gears just slightly, Pipedrive's in a very competitive market, CRM. <laughs> yeah. And another challenge I think that we face with growth is sometimes we can become so hyper obsessed with our competitors that we almost lose sight of what our competitive advantages are. So what is your approach to competitive selling? Like, how do you think about standing out in such a crowded market? Yeah, you know, this is a very interesting topic because, you know, you'll have one school of thought where you have to know who your competitors are. You have to know where the gaps are. You have to know where you're better at. And I, and I, I agree with that. But with it being such a busy space, it's kind of hard. There, 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 there are a lot of CRM tools. The way that I look at Pipedrive, and before I joined the team, I looked at Pipedrive is everybody loves their UI. The reason why people joined Pipedrive a long time ago was that simple deal view where you're going to drag your deals over as salespeople. We love that. We're moving something through, right? It's activity-based, you know, sales is all about numbers. It's a numbers game. And so it really caters to that. It's the only CRM tool that's actually built by salespeople, right? So it was actually created by people who have done this job, who know what salespeople need and what they're actually going to use. And so I think it's really important for us to just focus on making sure we're staying true to that. After Pipedrive, you know, I think of Pipedrive, like I said, before I even started, is like the pioneer of that. Really, they were the pioneer of a different type of CRM tool that people actually wanted to use and help them sell. And so I think if we say true to that and, you know, our, our competitors are going to do certain things, but I'm always not so worried about it. We've got a great customer base, you know, the, the people love the product and they're growing with us and we're growing with them. And so, you know, it's not that I don't ever worry about competitors, but I'm not worried in the sense of, you know, I can't look forward if I'm always looking behind or, or to the side of me, to my competitors. So there's enough customers to go around. <laughs> yeah. And I think to your point, focusing on serving the customer is ultimately what's going to carry your business forward Absolutely. rather than fighting over features, for example. That's right, yeah. So finally, to wrap us up, Mm -hmm. the million or sometimes billion dollar question, growth or profit? I think there's a general (laughs) rule of thumb that 
to grow, you need to spend money. But is there at some point where you are growing at all costs becomes a reckless strategy? Yeah, for sure. There is. There's times to build your framework that I was talking about. So you may have to make some really expensive hires. You may have to, you know, put a lot of investment into buildings because you're growing, you know, your headcount or or whatever it is. But I think what you have to do is you have to have at least a minimum of three-year plan, right? And so you've got to look the current year, the next year, and the year after. And you have to make sure that the finances all make sense. So you're like, look, we're, this is an investment year or this is an investment quarter or an investment, you know, half. And this is what we're expecting to spend. And this is during that spend, the revenue we're expecting. And as we continue to see that revenue grow on the projector that we had, we're good, right? When you start seeing you spent, and even during this building time, if you're starting to spend and you're like, uh, the revenue is not coming like we thought we thought we would, probably should stop on the investment piece of it, right? And so I think it's just really looking at those numbers on a regular basis and understanding you will have building time. There's building time where you're not going to get as much growth. You're not going to, you know, get the revenue in because you're building everything. But as long as you have that in your plan and you're staying true to your plan, then you'll be fine. Thank you. This has been such a fascinating <laughs> Thank conversation. You. Thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Inside Intercom podcast. For more interviews, go to intercom.com slash blog or subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. This is Inside Intercom.